Support for the Kings of Anglia podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, so join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Get 20% off plus free delivery with the code KOA at manscaped.com. Okay, balls on the table time. I know what you're thinking, Kawe Army. Why do I need to get involved with Manscaped? Well, boys, it's not the 90s anymore. You don't want your nuts to be looking like Ivan Campo these days. You've got to give it a little tidy up. Makes it look bigger too. And Manscaped have just launched in the UK, so you can be among the first in the country to use their life-changing products. Sounds good, doesn't it? Needs to say, it's a delicate area down there. We all know that. One little nick and your boys are bleeding worse than big Terry Butcher's forehead back in the day. Luckily though, friends, Manscaped have redesigned the electric trimmer and perfected the greatest sack shaver of all time. Of all time! The new improved Lawnmower 3.0 just launched in the UK. It's got all sorts of cool features like a ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, a 7000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology and an LED light so you can see what you're doing down there. Very important. It's all more exciting than a poor cook presser, isn't it? It's waterproof too, so no need to worry about pubes going everywhere and you get a USB charging dock with it as well. 90 minutes of battery life, boys. That's more than enough. Unless, of course, you're Ipswich Town trying to score a goal. So, make your testes their besties. Or, to put it a different way, the KOA way, make your nuts look the nuts. And that's important when you're slapping them on a boardroom table to negotiate. KOA style. Get 20% off and free delivery with the code KOA at manscaped.com. Hello everybody, it's me Ross and welcome to another edition of Game Day Extra Time, the show where the fans have their say on their club. And today I'm joined by three fine gentlemen as we talk all things Itchwich Town. I'm joined by Liam, Harvey and Matt, aka Bono, aka View from U2, those different nicknames, we love it. Um, I want to go over to him first, who he celebrated his 40th birthday this week, um, Wednesday, May 5th. Great birthday to have. Um, Matt, thank you very much for joining me, as always, and the lads. How are you, and did you enjoy your birthday? Big 4-0! Yeah, I'll stop you, though. I know I don't like it. Um, yeah, awesome. It was great. I've had this week off work. I've done absolutely nothing other than helped um, raise my children, and I've drunk lots of fine, fine alcohol and eaten some delicious plant-based food. Because, yeah, that's how we roll here. Um, but yeah, it's 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 all good. It's good to be back. And um, yeah, let's get this show on the road, buddy. Let's do it. And um, you're joined by two other fine gentlemen, Liam and Harvey. I'm going to go over to Liam first, who um, some people could say looks like the chubby version of Ed Sheeran. <laughs> and that is a comment on our YouTube channel once. But Liam, how are you? I'm sorry to insult you like that. Well, yeah, you, you, you took great pleasure in showing me that comment. So um I mean, I mean, look, I, I'm I'm happy to be paid as as his kind of double, if, if that's what you want. I just haven't got the voice for it. So, um, so if you try and make me sing, then it's it's not going to work. But uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm I, I I am losing weight, so maybe I'll look like Ed Sheeran even more in in a little bit. But um, overall, I'm I'm good. 
You'll be you'll be the more handsome version of Ed Sheeran, possibly. But um, yeah, rowing if you, if back you want... to shore, rowing back to shore already after your absolutely shameless like fat shame in there. I'm probably the heaviest one on this podcast, but obviously, like you know, it's fine. <laughs> Move on. Um, introducing <laughs> the final man who is joining us this week, and it is the sweet Welsh prince. In Harvey, um, his boy oh, yeah. Di Cornell is currently in the goal, so he's a happy man. Um, but Harvey, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm very well. Yeah, thank you for having me back on. It's been a while. I've um, got a little bit of a sore arm still from my uh, first vaccination yesterday, but one step closer, hopefully, to to um, you know being back in the terraces. So fingers crossed, we can get there sooner rather than later. But apart from that, I'm all good, Ross. Yeah, it's. Uh, we're getting to the to the end of the season now, so I'm I've never been so grateful to see the kind of back end of a season. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I'm uh, I'm all good. Good to hear, my friend. And um, I'm sorry, Liam. Just want to apologise one more time. I'm sorry. You know, you know, I love you very much. <laughs> so don't not worry. <laughs> it's um, fine. It's fine. Yes, we call me um... Nando's someday, so so it's fine. There you go. What, what, what can't you love? Good old Nando's. Although that's probably because I I get you to give me lifts a lot, so that's probably why. Yeah, um, well, you owe me a lot more Nando's to cover the amount of uh, fuel that you owe me. So, um, yeah, <laughs> we yes. we will work that one out behind the scenes. Definitely. <laughs> well, um, well, lads, we've got a lot to cover um, on the pod. Uh, we'll cover the, you know, the the two results. We're unbeaten. Beating Swindon Town in a draw against Shrewsbury, goalless draw. Our good old friend, nil-nil. Uh, of course, big news, sponsor, Ed Sheeran is going to be, well, his tour logo is going to be, Liam, basically, um, is the shirt sponsor next season. Uh, I'm going to get your thoughts on that. But before that, Kings of Anglia are now sponsored by Manscaped. So, I'm going to bring you... Support for the Kings of Anglia podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is in the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Get 20% off at plus free delivery with a code KOA at manscaped.com. And uh, I'm going to question, I'm going to chuck over to you boys. Do you um, shave your nuts? Um, Harvey? Uh, absolutely, yeah. I, I just want to know how, how many times that took you in the mirror to practice that earlier. At least 15, <laughs> 20? Uh, that, that was actually the first time because I felt if oh, I okay. practice, I'm probably that's when I'm going to butcher it more. So I think I have to just do it. Although I did a rookie move, I pretty much weren't looking at the camera. I was looking down at it the whole time. So maybe I should have had my eyes on you a tiny bit there. But um, it, mate. Don't you worry. But yes, yeah, to answer your question, of course. Very good. Liam? Uh, got to keep the garden tidy. Um, but unfortunately, there have been some disasters in the past, which have involved a little bit of pain down there. But uh, all in the aid of keeping it keeping it in, in, uh, in tow. Uh, you never know when... Um, well, I'll, I won't go there. Uh, Matt, do you? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know... The big four zero the other day. I had to be prepared for whatever ensuing frivolities um, was 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 needed in such areas, and um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Just remember, be careful. Uh, keep the uh, always have a guard on your uh, trimming uh, apparatus, and um, just be careful and clean up after you. 
because your respective partner does not want chuddies and stuff like that about really <laughs> definitely so um from shaving our balls to ed sheeran segue that is probably never going to happen ever again but um <laughs> the big news that happened today uh he's gonna be the shirt sponsor for next season um all the great off the pitch stuff is keeping happening the new dawn new chapter takeover paul cook you know, on the pitch, still not great. But um, Harvey, I want to go over to you first. Um, your first reaction when you saw this news. Um, once again, some positive stuff to talk about. Really positive, yeah. I was I was shocked, to be honest with you. I thought um, when they came in that there might be a, a kind of big sponsorship deal off the pitch, potentially. But um, I didn't think for one minute it, it would be a kind of... Can we call him global superstar? I suppose we have to with, with you know everything everything that he's done. Um, so I think it's only gonna it's only gonna create kind of good um, you know good attraction to the club. You see his Instagram post earlier that I think has got over a million likes already. So you know if that's not drawing attention to the club in a, in a positive way, something which we've not had in you know a very long time, then then I don't know what is. Um, you know if you look at previous sponsorships like Magical Vegas and stuff like that. I know we had Carers Trust, which is which is really good, but um you know it's it's nice to to make a statement in it feels like pretty much every department at the moment. I think the club apart from on the pitch obviously, um, you know, off the field we're we're really, really making strides in, in such a short space of time, um, which is really, really impressive. Uh, you know, the the owners of three lines are kind of known for their commercial side of it and being hugely successful in that in that aspect of, of Phoenix Rising and, and other projects that they've got. So it certainly doesn't surprise me that we've we've managed to kind of bag a big sponsorship deal like that. Um but it's great to see. You know, he's he, he loves Ipswich. You can tell he loves Ipswich. I don't think he'd go to an EFL match at was it Colchester or something like that on a Tuesday night if he didn't. So um it's it's really good. It's gonna generate more income. Um and you know, the pieces of the jigsaw are, are slowly kind of, we're getting there, aren't we? Um, this is why I'm kind of more excited for the season to be over so we can just start a complete fresh. You know, we've got Mark Ashton coming in. We've got a few others coming in. Um, you know, Scott Barron's been like the head of recruitment and it just feels like the club is 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 turning. And, you know, I remember the, the former manager, I'll call it, saying, um, you know, once this club turns... It's going to take some stopping, and I, and, I, and I really, really think that the way we're going at the moment, obviously, results on the pitch are the most important thing. But we're in a really healthy position off it. Um, just quickly, I was I was reading um, yesterday that the proposed takeover at Derby's collapsed because their owners looking at refinancing the stadium, so there's big concerns there. And you look at Sheffield Wednesday; they've not been paid, paid their players again this month. And I know we're still very, very early into the American kind of tenure at town, but it really feels that we're in a we're in a fortunate position at the moment, um, and I feel like we have to credit Marcus Evans in 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 that aspect as well. For you know, although we we would wanted the club to be sold earlier, um, it looks like he's he's kind of handed the keys to to three really knowledgeable and and passionate people that are determined to succeed, which is exactly what we need. Definitely, and it's just it's just great to talk about positive news, isn't it, Matt? Because we've just on this podcast, I'm sure it's been a hard listen for the listeners, and it's been hard for us to we enjoy chatting to each other and stuff. But it gets to a point where we're like, oh, here we go again. But um, it was good that 
the sponsorship wasn't like a gambling company. You know, that has been, you know, an issue, I think, for a lot of clubs. Um, yeah. Magical Vegas was a, a weird, just, you know, casino-based place. But um, it's good that, you know, Ed Sheeran is going to be sponsoring. And as Harvey said, a million likes he's had on that. And I think, I'm sure the club have had, I think, two, 3,000 new followers on Instagram. I think he's got 32 million followers on Instagram as well, um, Ed. So, um, globally, we're going to have a lot of new fans. It's, I think it's... It's difficult to look at it in any other way other than positive, even though I'm sure there will be some segments of, of, of the fan base that will kind of try and put a negative slant on it. At first, I was a little, I thought it was a, a tad gimmicky. But then when I looked into like the wider picture, the wider ramifications of it all, it's a really, really shrewd move. Um, you know, let's not forget Ed, Ed Sheeran doesn't need Ipswich Town to help boost his his brand or his his global reach, but he still put his hand in in his considerable considerable pockets, and is and it, and there is going to be some something adorning our shirts, as long as it's not just Ed Sheeran, which I don't think it will be. Then I, I think it it can only be. I think it's it his only, tour logo. His yeah, tour and. Logo. And that's really cool. You know, we haven't had a really cool logo on the front of our shirts, in my opinion, since like the Fison's days of when I was younger. And when I looked through my like extensive Ipswich shirt collection, which oh, I just can't help myself. I just keep finding absolute bangers on Depop for like 12 quid. I don't care if they've got bobbles. I don't care if they're like an extra small. They're Ipswich shirts. And and, and I want them. My, my daughters can wear them when they're a bit bigger. But yeah, it's um, you know, I look at some of the old shirts, like some of the Marcus Evans era shirts, and I just think that that shirt is ruined by what's printed on the front. Um, and you know, I think these the, the new shirts we're going to sell an absolute bucket load. You know, I work in London; it's not going to surprise me if, like, when the shirts are released in the summer, I'm going to see some random walking around like Camden, Islington, or Newham. In an Ipswich Town shirt because they like Ed Sheeran and it's you know and and it's going to have the Ed Sheeran logo on it or, or or whatever. But I think it's I think it's absolutely fantastic. You saw how the how quickly the Divide shirts sold out last season when he released those to coincide with the four um, with the, like the four night residency that he did in, in town. Um, and yeah, it's just. There are so many positive things happening at the moment with this with this club. We just um, it's and, and like you said, it's like a roller coaster ride. So you know we're strapping ourselves in, and I think I think it will come good on the pitch. But we'll uh, we'll save that gold till a little later on. Definitely. And um, before I go over to Liam, I just want to quickly go over, back over to you, Harvey. Um, I talk about you know previous sponsors um, for you. Which ones also stand out for you? You know, Fison's definitely one. You know, Green King, uh, Power Gen. I, I used to love the orange, the away kit. You know, what other ones did did you like? And you know, we have had some you know bad ones. Well, I think Marcus Evans, his era. There's not been many good ones under his logo. Yeah, Fison's is my personal favourite. Although unfortunately, I wasn't wasn't around for uh, for then. I wish I was, but. Um... Shout my hate with that one, wasn't I? <laughs> I just, um, I think that's that's my kind of favourite. Um, I did like TXU Energy as well because I think that was kind of at the start of my kind of journey as a as a as a town fan. Um, but like you said, it kind of, it's kind of gone downhill from there, hasn't it? Really, you look at the Marcus Evans, which is which has been on it for so long, and still obviously branding around the stadium with Marcus Evans, which I'm sure will will um, disappear quite rapidly this summer. Um, 
but yeah, hopefully, as, as you said, it's a it's it's a statement. Um, you know, like like Matt said, it's it's one of them where you are going to go into into London and, and you will see that because people will will associate now, you know, Ed Sheeran with Ipswich and, and they'll want to get a shirt and they'll want to invest because because obviously Ed Sheeran is is involved. So um, it's it's a win win for for everyone. I think it really is. Definitely. And um, Liam, to wrap up this this chat on that news, um, what's your take on it? Um, do you think it's, well, your take? <laughs> well, I've been wanting to get this sponsorship for ages and ages. No, I only Jeff. Um, obviously, the talk is that this was obviously in, in the pipeline before the takeover. Um, but I think, I think it, as everyone has said, it's a win-win. Um, it's... Ed Sheeran doesn't need it, but I think Ed Sheeran has shown himself to be a pretty loyal supporter, including going to some of these um, Papa John's games. Uh, And I think the fact that we're not sure if he could have bought the club, a lot of people were kind of, I think, out of desperation, asking Ed Sheeran to put his hand in his pocket and buy the football club from Marcus Evans earlier in the year when before we knew all about this takeover stuff. But the fact that he's now involved with the football club in doing something positive for the football club, um, I think is, is great. And I think it works really well as well for the Americans who've come in because you look what they've done at Phoenix Rising and they've had people who have jumped on the bandwagon and become investors. Um, and I think, I think this can only improve that kind of almost clientele for the Americans, but you've got someone like Ed Sheeran now, you could be able to introduce a whole load of new people to potentially Ipswich Town um, supporters. Plus you may get some of his, um, his friends in uh, the music industry who might look at it and go, well, you don't, you never know. They might be interested in joining, kind of investing in Ipswich Town. So I think from that point of view, I think everything is, is positive. And, and as the boys have said, unfortunately, the football doesn't improve. But we all knew that. We all knew that it's going to be the summer when we see big strides in that department. But the fact now that they have, really now made strides off the pitch. They've now got um, a head of recruitment. They've now got a head of um, the sports science kind of area. Um, And obviously the big one being the CEO, Mark Ashton. And they're putting proper people who know how to run a football club and run different departments into the right positions. Um, which Marcus Evans, I don't think, ever got right in his whole 13 years in charge. So I think it's really exciting that we've got all these developments off the pitch and come the summer when hopefully uh, Paul Cook will be able to uh, dabble in the market and uh, be able to improve the football side of things, then I think uh, we're, we're, it's going to be a really exciting period now. And, well... I mean, I'm 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 ready for it. New dawn, baby, new dawn. Um, let's talk about on the pitch matters. Um, we'll briefly just 
you know, talk about the Swindon win and the Shrewsbury nil-nil draw. Uh, we scored a goal, we won a game, um, and we're unbeaten in the last two games. So, you know, there we go. Um, Harvey, um, your take on them two games, positives from it. Uh, Norwood scored two goals. He's getting closer to double figures. Will he get a double figure? Uh, will he get that one more goal um, against Fleetwood? But, um, yeah, two very dead rubber games, but at least we, we, we saw a goal. Yeah, yeah, and it's um, it's nice to see that. I know there was a few people that um, weren't kind of too happy about Norwood being being captain, but personally, I I, I thought that was a really kind of clever man management decision from Cook because I think Norwood is the kind of player who really thrives off being given that responsibility. Um, you know, he was he was a kind of head honcho at, at Tramere and and shouldered a lot of responsibility there and, and thrived in that environment. So I have no doubts that. Um, that he'd, he'd do a good job. You have different type of captains, obviously. You know, you've got Chambers, who might be a little bit more vocal. Uh, sorry, Norwood, who might be a little bit more vocal than someone like Chambers. Uh, but I was I was really happy with that. In terms of the performances, it seems to me now, like, too little too late, of course, that the players we've got are finally kind of getting used to their roles in, in a in a four two three one. Again, it's, it's far too late. And Cook has, has come out and said that in the last three games, his, his his decisions have already been made, so it's not going to count for anything. But it seems to me like those combinations we've been missing all season are having a little bit more effect now than they, than they have, well, throughout the whole of the season. You know, you look at kind of Downs and, and Dizelle, uh, you know, Dobra cutting in off that right-hand side is just an absolute magician and a joy to watch. Um, it's it seems to be the last few games really drilled into them what what to what you know is is expected of them in that Paul Cook system. Um, you know we we would, weren't as good in the nil nil of course, uh, but you've got you've got to look at the positives um, and build them from from next season. I know the large majority of them aren't going to be there. Uh, you know, I hope my boy dies still. I know he, he nearly let it go through his legs or whatever he did in, in the game the other day. But um, in the main, I think he's been OK. So, yeah, there, there are some positives to take. I mean, I'm clutching at straws, let's be honest, because we've still been pretty shocking all season. But compared to what we've witnessed, it was a, it was a, a big improvement. Um, and hopefully now we can we can finish the, the kind of season off in that dead dead rubber game that you said with with three points, I'm not convinced to be honest with you because I think Fleetwood are, are a decent side that have got some good players. But hopefully, it's you know we we can build on it, and I'd like to see maybe one or two younger players given a go on on Saturday. Um, you know we don't have to go crazy and, and start the whole under 18s. I know and I know they've got a big important game coming up, but just to get them in and around that first team environment, I don't think we'll do. Well, yeah, we'll do them any harm at all. I'd like to see that personally. Well, Liam's shaking his head, and I'm sorry to to disagree with you, Harvey. Um, I don't think it's probably wise for them to go into a first team dressing room full of players who are mentally uh, just are down and out and out. Um, so I was going to go over to you, Matt, but I'll go over to you, Liam. I shake your head about that, but also um, get your thoughts on the two two games. But start off with the the youth team. Well, you've you've pretty much right. taken the words out of my mouth. I I oh, I, I just think <laughs> no no problems. Um, I, that's probably another Nando's you owe me now. Um, 
basically, I, I don't think there's any point in having the under-23s and the under-18s. I've seen for weeks now people calling for the under-18s, the under-23s to come in and, and just shove them in um, because they can't do any worse than the first team. But I just don't think that this squad is the end of a culture that is hopefully soon to completely disappear. And look, these players, I think, have really badly underperformed and they probably are better than what they have done. But mentally, they've shown what what they are and they've done it all season under Lambert. They've done it under Cook. Um, And it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. The performances, we, we, we keep grasping at straws about tiny little performances here and, and there. But overall, the, the season has been completely and utterly complete garbage. Um, and I just don't think having the under-18s and the under-23 shoved in, uh, or even just a few of them put in, I just don't think they need to be in that dressing room where that mentality is right now. Whereas next season with a completely new squad, I mean, I know there will be some still left over, but with a majority of new players coming in, hopefully a more positive attitude, people who have a bit of a a stronger mentality, more of a winning mentality, I think it will be a lot better for them going forward. So I'm, and at the moment, I wouldn't have the under-18s anywhere near the first team with obviously a much more important um, uh, game against Liverpool coming up in the Youth Cup. And the under-23s, of course, have got playoffs um, in their in their division. So um, I just don't think I just don't think that would be the answer just to shove them in just because the they're dead rubbers. Um, but Although, I'll, let, been... I'll let Harvey fight his corner as well, because I'm sure he, he he just put that out there as a thing. He probably thought this wasn't going to be a, a debate thing. So I'll, let me let me bring in Harvey, because he did put his hand up. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I completely get where, you, where you're coming from. There are the, the under eight, the you know, the semi-final and things, it's, it's far more important. And I get your point about being in the dressing room. And I'd understand that a little bit more if, say, there was six or seven games left and and we were talking about bringing them in for the rest of the season. But for the sake of one game, you know, it, I don't think it's going to particularly damage them being in a dressing room with, you know, with the first team for, for one game. And, you know, the season's over then. I completely get what you mean. They, they don't have to, you know, they, it's not necessary maybe for them to be in that environment at the moment. For the sake of, of one game, testing them against, you know, a Fleetwood team who... Granted, I haven't been great this season, but I had a good season last season against a manager in, in Simon Grayson, who's proven League One. Um, I don't really... I, I get I, I get where you're coming from in terms of... The only thing that I, why I wouldn't do that is because of, of the under-18s. I, I'm not buying the whole culture thing because it's only one game. Um, but yeah, I get, I, I get where you're coming from. I think it may be a good opportunity to reward maybe some of these, you know, young players, you know, because it's at, it's at Portman Road, so at least they don't have to travel to Fleetwood and back because a long way to go. So, um, and of course, I think the game's on a Sunday and it? it's 12, 12 p.m. So, um, an early one, you know, a bit of a long trip to Fleetwood. I think they went to yeah. Fleetwood on a Tuesday night, which was, wasn't was yeah. great. Um, but um, I want to go over to Matt quickly um, just to get his take on this conversation and, um you know, the, the draw against Shrewsbury, nil-nil, lovely job. 
Yeah, the last the last two games. I mean, I, I think we have been getting better. I think the players are slowly getting used to their um, responsibilities. I, I, I think it was. I'm going to claim credit for um, talking about partnerships, and um, we are starting to see that. Um, of course, there is a hell of a lot of the first team which are not going to be here next year. But I, I think a lot of the guys that started on um, on Tuesday. Um, in Shropshire, I think they will be in in and around the team. Um, but yeah, you you got a question. You got a question there. The mentality and you know the fact that Paul Cook's come out and said the dressing room is the same, win, lose or draw. Um, he's come in and he's seen that straight away. And I think he probably has um, upset a few people with 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 the comments that he's made. But I think they they needed to be told that because. Yeah, I mean, surely, what do these guys not want their win bonuses or, or or anything else like that? If if even indeed that is a thing anymore, but uh, you know, I think we have seen improved performances. People like my boy KVY coming back in, bless him with his shoulder or whatever he did, his collarbone. Have, have they actually said what he's done? Um, that's, I don't that's... think so. I think I think you know. I think he's he's. Is okay. I don't think it will play, yeah. play against Fleetwood. It's nothing, hopefully, too serious. But yeah. that's one thing. That's one thing I've missed actually. Updates on injuries have been kind of null and void over the past kind of six months. So th- this calendar year, we've kind of been lacking really any any proper updates with regards to that sort he of does, thing. He doesn't like it, does he? Just because quickly, they don't he know. <laughs> every time he's he's asked a question about injuries in in a presser, he 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 kind of goes away from it straight away because he doesn't like discussing kind of any first team injuries at all he says well you know lads I don't really want to talk about one player and it's all about the team and all this yeah so I think that might be a common theme going forward he doesn't seem to to like to discuss injuries which personally I you know as a fan I'd prefer to be kind of update, you know kept updated with with how everyone's yeah. getting on but obviously you that's hit- the way he does things you want to hear, yes, he'll be available. No, he won't be available. Or mm. it's touch and go. We're going to leave it till the last minute, like a last minute yeah. fitness, fitness test type thing. And also like match day squads. We used to get them announced quite a lot. You know, the 18, 19 mm. um, players. We've not, I've, I've looked back over the press releases and things like that. And, and we don't really see that. Um, we can all figure it out because, you know, we, we kind of know you know, the injuries and suspensions, but there's a hell of a lot of people, you know, Jack Lancaster, where's he gone? My, my, you know, former pupil of my upper school in Bury St. Edmunds, he's, he's like, what's happened to him? You know, is he now permanently injured? Paul Cook doesn't fancy him because he's been told that his back injury is never going to recover and he's just going to end up at like Concord Rangers or, or somebody like that. I mean, I mean, I think we're getting, we're getting, it's not like me to prevaricate and go off down a completely different rabbit hole or anything. But I think with regards, I, I get both sides of the argument with, with regards to um, exposing some of the um, YTS lads, as I'm going to call them to, to a bit of the first team. I mean, I, I think that there's all sorts of mentoring groups and things like that, that go on, 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 on the training ground. And, and let's not forget a lot of these guys have played first team games, albeit in, um, the English League trophy, as I'll refer to it as, um, <laughs> I think a lot of us paid £10 for the privilege to watch us lose against Crawley and 
people wearing the number like 58 shirt and <laughs> oh, and 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 things like that but you know the signs are good and 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 i think whilst the under 23s and the under 18s have got fairly decent runs and still got meaningful competitions left let's or games left rather let's just leave them and um you know our our season as a first team has has kind of petered out slightly i, I think we'll end up being like two or three points shy of the playoffs which is going to be at such a missed opportunity how many of these nil nils could we have turned into 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 three points and we'd be we'd be well up there because you know aside from hull and peterborough the the, the league is ours you know jimmy walker bless him formerly of this parish he, he did have a point i know that perhaps first team coaching staff shouldn't really go on twitter and basically say the league's shit and so are we if we don't do anything he did have a point I just don't think he sort of like enunciated enunciated it <laughs> perhaps in 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 the way that he did. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's not it's not panic stations. We're not going to need any emergency podcasts if we lose on a, on 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 Sunday, are we? But I mean, yeah, it's um it has been it has been improved. Although I will be very very glad to hopefully see the back of uh, of some of the players definitely. Yeah. Well, um, Liam, I'm not going to get you to cover the games, but I want to quickly just mention Kieran Dyer because he, of course, did the interview after the game, throw the game, and, um, you know, that's big, really, of Paul Cook to let Kieran Dyer speak about, you know, the game, about the players. Um, I'm sure you've watched it. Um, I'm sure you, you know, I, I enjoyed watching it. It was very honest, um, speaks very well. He's got he's got the same accent as my my uncle. He just sounds like my uncle pretty much because um, he's a <laughs> he's, he's an Ipswich boy. Um, I was just basically just hearing my uncle throughout the interview. But um, you know what 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 did you think of Kieran Dyer's interview? I I think look that I think it's great that he's been elevated into the first team coaching staff. Um, I, I think look he's had a big part with this debate that we're having at the moment about youth players um he's been a big part of some of these players development obviously was at the under 18s originally and then obviously left to go and get uh, new ideas and improve himself as a coach and and then of course has come back to the under 23s and and since Paul Cook has been elevated now the debate about whether he should be number two or not that's (laughs) That's that's a question. That's another question. I mean, it okay, depends Ollie? whether <laughs> he's all right. I, I it just depends whether whether we <laughs> whether we think that he's ready or not. Um, I mean, I've seen a lot of people talking about him being a future manager, and I think he will, but could be a future manager. I think he will be a future manager somewhere, um, and I believe it'll 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 probably. No, no. Matt, Matt's on the... Matt, Matt's, yeah, Matt's no, shaking no, his head. No. He doesn't think so. Well, but, I'll bring him in. But, Why is that? Oh, I don't know. I remember when my wife and I were, first of all, got together. We went on a bit of a road trip and we went, um, we stayed, we went to Louth in Lincolnshire, which is where I'm, where I was born. Um we went to Whitby and we went to Durham 
and we got up to some right cool stuff. Well, when I stayed in Louth, I stayed in an old chapel and I got talking to a, a businessman who was a Newcastle fan and he taught me how to pronounce Newcastle properly. Um, and Newcastle. we got talking Newcastle. You, you, yeah, you, you announce the cas bit, not the car bit like we do down here. But we, we got talking about um, Ipswich Town uh, connections to Newcastle United, and obviously we talked about Sir Bobby and Kieran Dyer, Titus Bramble, uh, Darren Ambrose as well. Remember, he played. Did he play for them? Yes, he did. Did he? Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. I can't. God, how time how time flies but yeah um where are you going with this matt <laughs> Kira, let's just say i oh, i don't know I, I i don't think he's got the right mentality to be honest i think there's a lot of water under the bridge i think he's got a lot of face to save in terms of getting his reputation back some of the things that he's obviously i'm not going to say anything libelous or anything like that but i just i don't know whether necessarily he's the sort of character that i'd want um managing the club let's just put that out there sure he's a great guy sure he's a great guy (laughs) yeah but i mean i mean things he's done in the past i mean yeah, he was a, a bit of a hothead, and we've all seen um, him and Lee Bowyer <laughs> and and everything that that happened in his path. And we know that he's he's, but he he might be a different person now. That that's the thing. He, he might, and the fact that he's willing to change, and a lot of the younger players seem to really. I mean, obviously, he he's an ex England international who was part of a very, very golden generation uh, of English footballers that, again, failed to win anything. But but he was yeah. part of that <laughs> with a load of esteemed players, with a load of esteemed players who went on to do even bigger things than what Kieran Dyer did. But those players still hold him in high regard in the youth squads about the way that he's brought them up and, and so on. You might have heard different. But... Well, I I I I I don't know. I, I I've not heard anything. Obviously, I, I've got absolutely no. You know, my connection to the club is 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 this, and just being a fan that you know, <coughs> tries to be polite and positive and ha- tries to have a decent outlook and not not be a not be a total flouncer. But what concerns me is the fact that Dyer threw his toys out of the pram and left because he, he I don't I don't think he was promoted to the position that he wanted and he left, didn't he, to explore other opportunities. And then lo and behold, he's back because nobody else would employ him. Um you know, and, and he's proven in his career that he's willing to move around, you know, going from Suffolk. And like Ross said, he's got absolutely cracking accent. I don't know whether you guys remember the interview where he was approached by ITN. I think was it the playoff brilliant. finals or was he? Uh, and he was like, "Oh no, a, a first team player," and it's like, absolutely brilliant. But <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. They just there's there's just something something there. But with, with with all of the points that I make and all of the arguments that I present to the table, I am I am so prepared to be proven wrong. Um, particularly particularly with somebody. Like, like Kieran, who will always be an Ipswich lad, uh, you know, will always be proud of what he's done. Um, 
So I don't know. I, I, I think you've got Adam Ate kind of in the, in the background, and I think he could go on to do absolutely fantastic things within the game. And I just think I think Dyer maybe has just missed that boat because he's a little bit older now, isn't he? Um, so who knows? It'd be nice to see how it plays out. Definitely. I'll never wish anybody ill. You guys should know me by now. <laughs> we went down a different hole that I thought we were going down. Um, but I'm pleased you <laughs> about ste- that. steered a bit. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Um, Harvey, um, <laughs> I know you've been choking throughout that. <laughs> but um, what, what's your take on, you know, Kieran Dyer? I think this has been a conversation we've had multiple times just talking about, you know, him being the future town manager. Um, but what, what do you reckon? You know, do you think he could be good number two for Paul Cook or... Yeah, apologies for my coughing fit. That's live TV for you, isn't it? Um, <laughs> do you know what? I, I wasn't... Um, I know a few people kind of said that they wanted him as, as first-team manager. They've, I've seen a few people <clears throat> over the last few months on Twitter state that, you know, he could do a job. I think it's far too early for him at the moment. Um, what I will say is he did come across incredibly well the, the other day on, on the interviews. Um you know, I was kind of totally engrossed in that five, six minute interview with, with the club and he seems to he seems to really care. Um I get a hundred percent where where Matt's coming from. Um there is possibly um you, you know an issue there with in terms of kind of throwing his toys out the pram, but hopefully, you know, he, he's he's kind of learned from that. You know, he said that over the last few months he's learned more from Cook than he, he you know, has in his entire coaching career, there might not be a better football league manager he can be around in terms of his experience and his and his winning mentality. So possibly in the future he, he could he could even be a number one, but I certainly wouldn't be against him being being a number two because um he, he cares for the club. He's straight to the point, he's honest, he said that he's been bored. Um he certainly doesn't beat around the bush, does he? So I've been impressed with him. I have to say, he's, he seems like he's he's got a kind of he's had a positive impact on the first team. People like Dobra speak really, really highly of him. So um, I'm I'm all for him being um, being assistant manager. Failing that, I, I quite like John McGreal to be honest with you. But um, I don't think that's going to happen because he's had quite a decent managerial career himself. So I'm sure he's he's looking to to get a, a number one spot elsewhere. But um, yeah, I I wouldn't be against Di being number two. Whatsoever, I think he's he's got the the leadership qualities. Certainly, he's played at the highest level, so um, hopefully that can kind of you know be the same in in his coaching career. I think another reason why he probably went is because him and Lambert, I don't think they got on. Uh, I think there's a clash there. That's probably why. Um, did you put a hand up there, Liam? I don't know where you're just itching. I was just itching, but oh, but I enough. mean, I, I agree with that. I agree with Matt, though, that I think Adam Atai doesn't get enough credit for what, what he does at the club. Um, and and I think, look, you're always going to get someone like Kieran Dyer, who's a well-known name in the game, but there's always going to be talk about him doing this or him doing that. And, and you get players who maybe didn't do as much in their career um, and and they don't they don't get the same recognition um, as they go through their their career after football. So I think there's something to be said about Adam Atai getting some kind of recognition. Uh, he's done a great job with the under 18 so far. Um, but I think the only way that you're going to solve that question about whether Kieran Dyer would be a good manager 
is if he gets the opportunity. And I don't think that he should automatically just jump into the manager's hot seat. I have seen some people who were desperate enough with Lambert who wanted to elevate him straight in. And I think that was nonsense. But I think what Harvey said about Cook, that Cook trusts him to come in to the first team setup and has involved him. But you never know that that relationship there, that he learns a lot from an experienced manager. Yeah, he's still probably going to have some of his old demons, a few little bits of petulance maybe, but everyone says that he seems to be a very deep thinker and and I think he's trying to adapt himself um, to compare to what he was as a player. And who knows, but I think having someone who knows the football club um, and has been brought up at this football club, I think it can only be good knowledge to have on board. Um, And I think what he came out with the other night, I think there's a lot of trust there. Because he's basically just come out and said exactly what Cook said <laughs> on numerous occasions in press conferences. But Cook has trusted Dyer to come out and basically speak his mind. And I think that shows that I think Kieran Dyer is going to be very much in the forefront of the, the first team coaching staff, whether that is number two or just a big part of the coaching staff going forward, I think. There we go. And uh, I just want to chuck out a few other names as well, like Jared Nash and Brian Klug has been at the club for decades and he doesn't legend. probably get the yeah, legend of the club. He probably doesn't get the credit that he deserves. Um, but that's just it's just part and parcel of being a coach sometimes. You know, sometimes you don't want to get to that next step to be the full-time manager because he probably is happy with what he's doing and he's done a fantastic job. Um, but anyway, um, we probably spoke more about that than I was expecting, but... <laughs> Great chat as always, lads. Thank you very much as always. Um, let's get into the feature that we'll get a jingle for in the future. Matt will sort it out at some point, but it is time for question of the week. Um, this week is about former players. Um, we're getting linked by Jordan Rose, Martin Waghorn and all that sort of jazz. So um, the question of the week for you guys is which former town player who is currently still playing would you sign? Um Probably an obvious one would probably be Waghorn. So I want to go over to you, Matt, first. Um, Martin Waghorn, would you sign him back? Or is there another former player who's still playing that you would you'd bring back? That's a great question. I'm just trying to quickly think in my head. I'm not as well prepared as I usually am. Do you need to go to someone else before? So you can have a little... No, 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 no. Because we can, you know, this, this is a movable feast, right? We can kind of yeah. come back. Waghorn, yes. But Waghorn... Can he play on his own up front? I don't know. I don't know. And uh, I've seen so much flouncing, but he's going to be 32 soon. I mean, geez, 32. You know, there are players, there are decent players in this league, you know, apart from our own 35 and 36-year-olds, that, that that can still do a job. And realistically, you know, would he want to come back to the area? Probably. Is he still got connections to the area? Probably. Did his wife and kids love it here? Did he do a lot of yoga and stuff here in Needham Market? Did he go at the same barbers as as, as where I go in Needham Market? Hell yeah. I mean, you, 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 you think Ipswich could be realistically the last big contract that, that he has. And I've seen a lot of kind of vitriol, I'm going to say. It's quite a strong word. People that criticised him for... For going, I've, you've, how how can anybody criticise a, a player going to 
a club managed by somebody like Frank Lampard that were on the verge of the Premiership, that are cash rich as they were. I mean, look where they are now on the on the cusp of relegation again. You can't you can't blame somebody for for doing that. You know, these footballers are mercenaries. Gone are the days where people spend. 15, 20 years at the same club. So Waghorn, would I take him back? Yes. Do I think it's realistic? No. He could probably still do a job. I don't see where he fits into Paul Cook's system, though. And and it's the same with, with, with people like Norwood as well. Norwood, he is our best striker. We've got to look after him. He will bang in the goals. But is he is he is he that man to play on his own in the number nine position? I'm I'm really not sure. Um and, and other players coming back. I'm going to have to think of a few. So, if, you if you haven't got any, that is another thing. Some people think, why well, are you bringing back former players? You know, if they're, they're not here for a reason. But, um, you know, if you well, haven't got one, you know, not worry, Tari- my Tariko's retired. Ulenbeek's 45. Magilton, <laughs> he's, he's far too old. Matt Holland, he, he couldn't still do a job. Sorry, Matt. You're a great bloke and one of my most favorite men, let alone football players in the world ever. But uh, I don't know. I just think I'm, I'm, I try and be such a realist with that sort of thing that any other name that I come out with, I'm just going to get laughed at, which to be fair, I'm used to. But come back to me. I'm, I'll think of something whilst the other guys are, are coming up with names that I probably should have thought of. <laughs> well, um, I'll go over to you, um, Harvey. Um, Waghorn, Jordan Rhodes, they're the ones that have been linked recently. I don't know if we'll get linked to any other former players. I'm sure we'll get linked to former Wigan players or Paul Cook's former players, um, which has already been happening. Um, but what do you reckon? Any other former players you would have back? I'd certainly have Wackhorn back, absolutely. Um, on, a, on a free transfer, I think his wages this time last year, if, if this is a similar situation, it wouldn't even be a talking point. But, um, you know, a lot of people have said that he, he was quite happy here and, and Matt's spot on. You, you can't you know, begrudge him of a move to Derby. That's a huge, huge move for him. Probably doubled his salary, um, you know, and that's life. So I, I don't blame him whatsoever. Um, I actually think he could play as a as, as a number nine because if we get the support around him that you know that that I think we will get next season, um, you know, linking with a number ten, then I, I think he could play that number nine role quite comfortably in League One. Um, he, he also played on on the right hand side for for us quite a lot, um, you know, cutting into onto his left foot. Granted, he's probably not the paciest striker in the world, but that is potentially another option if, if you know we wanted to. If he wanted to be a bit more flexible, so hundred percent, I'd, I'd, I'd take him back. Um, and thirty-one, thirty-two is, is nothing really, is it? Especially, especially in League One. I know he's only scored three goals this season, but the season before, I think he got twelve or thirteen. So he's clearly still, you know, he, he knows where the back of the net is. So, um, Wagon, yeah, hundred percent, I'd take. Um, in terms of current players that you know that are still playing, it's we've we've had a, a, a fair a fair few. Um, someone who I, I just absolutely loved was was McGoldrick. I just thought he was an absolute baller who didn't get enough kind of plaudits. I know he spent a lot of time out injured and the whole travelling from Nottingham to Ipswich kind of thing didn't help him, but. I watch him now, and he he just he's just a joy to watch. He's so silky, and he he's one of those players where, even though he's he is another one, I think he's thirty three, thirty four now. I feel like he's never ever been blessed with pace, but because he can dictate a kind of game so much, I don't necessarily think that 
he needs to, to be the quickest player on the pitch when he can read the game so well. Um, so McGoldrick, I love. Um, Prezi's another one. Absolute one double F foot. Um, doing really well for West Ham, which of course some quite... of those are not realistic, but we're just you know we're oh, a dream no, 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 Yeah, none of them are realistic. Um, but yeah, these are, if you're asking me who I'd love back, then of course you know those kind of players would be um, would be first on my list. Um, Rhodes again, he's another one who I think would score hatfuls in the in the in League One, but. Is he on like 40, 50 grand a week at Sheffield Wednesday? Did they give him a ridiculous contract like that? So he'd have to take quite a significant pay cut, even with our new investment. Because, you know, as, as as has been discussed, we can't just go out and spend kind of millions and millions and millions because there is going to be, you know, ratifications if we do that. So um, there's plenty of free agents available. So we can, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an open market. Um, but yeah. Sorry, I feel like I'm going to have a coffee there again. But yeah, there are a few good players. I would go with McGoldrick. Again, not realistic, but that that would be um, that would be my dream because he would absolutely tear League One a new one for sure. Have a drink, my friend, and I'll go over to, to Liam. Mm. Um, he was um, nodding his head about Waghorn as well. Like This is a link that isn't, I don't know, is concrete just yet. But it's um, always going to be a topical thing to talk about, about former players being linked. And definitely Waghorn, who was a definitely a fan favourite during his one season at the club. 16 goals, 11 assists, not too shabby. But Liam, um, you're nodding in your head. Uh, I was shaking it. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. I, yeah, I, nodding is yes. I, 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 I just don't think... I mean, I, I take the point about 31-32 and can do a job at this level, that's fine. But... I just, I just don't think we need to go back there. I don't think Waghorn has pulled up many trees in the time since he has left. Um, I know he was part of that Derby side that almost got to the Premier League, but um, since then it has been a struggle. Maybe it is just that the club's in a bit of a, a dire strait. Um, but I, I, I just don't think we need to need to go backwards. Um, I do remember, though, Waghorn, um, just before I became a season ticket holder, he decided to run off. Um, but I remember watch, I, I remember being at the Sunderland game uh, where he completely destroyed Sunderland that night in that 5-2 win. Um, and he can play like a wide role um, because obviously we had Garner, who was playing as the, the full centre forward. And Waghorn was was kind of it was almost like Mick was playing a four two three one at that stage at the time because you did have the single person up front and then you had the two kind of narrow wider players and then obviously the number ten um, which uh, if staying fit was more likely to be McGoldrick um, and Waghorn scored most of his goals cutting in. From the flank, so I, I I think he could fit in to Cooks four two three one. He could be part of this troublesome two that we've got behind the centre forward at the moment, um, because we're not going to be looking for out and out wingers, are? Because I think the four two three one that he's looking for, he's going to have the two fullbacks bomb on as wingers, and have the two wider players, uh, the two wider forwards in the three cut inside, which was what Lambert wanted to do, but Lambert didn't get it right because the rest of the team didn't make it work. 
So <laughs> he, kept, he kept on playing Ed. He kept on playing Edwards on the wrong side for him to do that. Really, didn't he? Well, yeah. Um, and and you know, I think you know the, the future's bright if you think about people like Dobra and and El Mazzuni as well. I, I don't think Dobra's a wide man. I think he's a number ten. Mm. And what I've seen the last few games is we could absolutely build our team around that that baller. He's he he just. I've got so infused watching Ipswich. Whenever Dobra's involved, he came on against against Burton when I was lucky enough to to see us just for Christmas. That's when I, I met you, Ross, and had my second KFC of the day back when I was eating that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, it's it's players like him just just make you feel alive, especially when you when you get older. You think, Jesus, there's there's a guy here, and. I remember what I was doing. I think I had a full-time job when he was born. I mean, that's that's just absolute, absolute madness. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what kind of players that we go on for. I, I tried to find out where the Waghorn link came from. Um, and I think somebody just said, oh, hey, Waghorn's out of... I, I don't think it necessarily came from, any, from like, any... It's a website. Yeah, it's not. I think it's just a uh, yeah. I think no it, reputable sources. Think, uh, you know, was it? You're going to find though. Uh, agents are going to be trying to find their players' clubs, aren't they? And and links are going to pop up with ex clubs. Um, and and look, the chances are at the moment. I mean, there's a big shootout about to take place on Sunday between uh, Sheffield Wednesday and Derby, um, which could conceivably see Derby get relegated anyway. So, I mean, Waghorn probably may have suitors in the championship anyway, but it mm. may be that he ends up dropping down to League One anyway. So, would he see coming back to Ipswich as a huge kind of deviation, especially the fact that 32, he'll probably get more money, ironically, probably get more money than what he was on originally when he was at the club first time round. Uh, now really? that there's a... Um, there's a bit of money in there, but I just wouldn't go back because I just think they need to look forward. Um, yeah. And Jordan Rhodes is another one that I wouldn't touch with a barge ball. I mean, he, he's, no. he, he, he has a, he has the stats to score in the championship, but he's never really jumped any higher than that. Um, and the last few years, he's not exactly been tearing it up, has he? And he's jumped, he's almost been like a championship journeyman. He's kind of jumped from championship side to championship side for ridiculously high money um, and ending up um, not really feeding the hype that comes with it. Um, I remember he, he was uh, he was touted to be kind of the, the missing forward for Scotland when he kind of registered to be a Scottish internationally. And it never took off. <laughs> he never took off, even though... At the time, he was the undisputed striker who was scoring all the goals, who was eligible to play for Scotland. I just don't think town should be looking backwards. They should be looking forwards. And, I, and to be honest, I think Cook will be looking at players that he's potentially managed before um, and who he knows will exactly fit into a system. If you're yeah. asking me a player who I would love back, like Harvey, this is really unrealistic and wouldn't happen. But I, I would take Adam Webster back because I, I think you need a, a really good centre-half and, and he's proven to be a, a fantastic centre-half for Brighton. Um, he's done 
brilliant job in the Premier League with them. He was pretty good at Bristol City before that as well. Um, and his career has just continued to elevate as, as he's gone on. And I think he would be a great signing, but he wouldn't come down to League One because he's, he's still still in a Premier League, Premier yeah. League squad. So... Um, and probably still got a number of years at that level left. So, um, but I, I, he would be a player, I think, that would certainly make a difference and could, could really bring on Luke Wolfen. That's so, a great shot. That's a great shot. Adam Webster is an absolute Rolls Royce. It's such a shame we didn't we didn't see the best of him with his, with his injuries. Another one that seems to like McGoldrick, funnily enough, that seems to come to it with Ben. Ninety percent of the time out injured, and then goes to Brighton or Sheffield United and, and play forty-six games a season. So I loved Webster. I thought he was he was brilliant, and I also loved his diagonal passes. They were an absolute joy. That was football porn. That was at its finest. Frank Frank Leboeuf <laughs> style raking pass from the back. Yeah, we need we need more of that. I mean, I can't see just with hair. Wolf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think would would a more realistic former centre back that's had a former that's had a similar sorry career trajectory as um, Webster would somebody like Matt Clark possibly be a little bit more realistic? Ipswich boy um, may or may not also get the same barbers as me. Um, <laughs> I can't believe a lot of these guys. That like Premier League players still get their hair cut and, like need a market. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> or he's um, of course he's currently at, on loan at Derby, so he's going to get relegated. He's, he's at Brighton, but of course hasn't played for Brighton because he's been out on loan the last two years. Yeah, but um, I don't think he'll probably drop down. To, but yeah, look, of course this question is very unrealistic for some players. Yeah, we're not going to talk about Paul Digby and Frank Nubo, are we? <laughs> like, yeah, we want them. Back. You know what? There's Biner, still yeah. there's still something about Paul Digby. I just think oh. he's about to get promoted with Cambridge, so you know he's doing all right. He's going to be playing in the same league as us. Who's, uh, who's I can't wait for a trip to the Abbey next season. That that's I know. That's going to be just don't good. forget, just don't forget, somebody that worked in Cambridge for nigh on ten years. It is a hell of a walk from the railway station. So if you're going to have some train Ooh. beers, make yeah, sure I mean, you go for a waz at Cambridge before you walk like an hour and five minutes across the zigzaggy streets. There are some fine public houses, though. There's also, I don't know whether you knew this, the first ever pub in the world that accepts Bitcoin as payment in Cambridge. It's the Devonshire Arms, the Real Ale Pub. It's at, David would love that place. But I don't know whether David's got Bitcoin. <laughs> so there you go. I don't. Little window into my world. I'd love to have a Bitcoin. <laughs> That'd be nice, wouldn't it? But no, I, th- I mean, f- would any former keepers float any boats? I mean, obviously, we'd all like Bart back, that's not going to happen because he 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 fucking loves it at Millwall. I worked with a I worked with a Millwall fan in a different area the other day, and I oh, he just all he talked about was Bartos, Bartos, Bartos. But why did he ever leave? And I'm like, I know because our former managers are plank. I've no, I know, I know. <laughs> get get Asmir Bigovic back or David Stockdale. I know they're both about forty five, but age is just a number. No, no, they're they're still uh, they're, probably only in their thirties, and they're they're still you know Begovic is going to get promoted. Well, Begovic, Begovic, isn't he at Bournemouth, or has yeah. he left Bournemouth now? He's at Bournemouth. Isn't he AC? Isn't he AC Milan? Or am I really out of touch? Last season, yeah, season. He was second, he was second choice to AC Milan. Unbelievable! The best Bosnian Canadian there ever was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
But um, there we go. Um, probably wasn't as good as last week's question of the worst Ipswich Town player. But um, it's always good to talk about different things like that and uh, sort of breaking up the pod uh, about serious chat. And um, we are going to wrap up the pod talking about Stephen Ward getting released. He's played his final town game um, for the club. Um, and also the trio that could be heading to Ipswich Town 2.0 at, at, down at Colchester and Essex. Um, Cole Skews, Freddie Sears and Luke Chambers has been linked to a possible move there. Um, Harvey, um, just quickly, your thoughts on Stephen Ward. Uh, sum up his town career. Uh, predictable, I think. Uh, I think it was only ever going to be a one-year deal. I think that was, that. well, how it's panned out is was the kind of agreement for all parties. I don't think he was the first choice left-back last, last season. Um, you know, he came to, came to train quite late on, and then all of a sudden signed a signed a one year deal. I think he's he's brought some good leadership qualities. Um, you know, he's kind of shared that burden of of experience and and leadership from Chambers. Um, but his his legs are gone, haven't they? He's um, he's he's past his best now. I think actually the the last few games that he played, he started to show some of that form. You know, in, in the in the first part of the season, but. Ultimately, we need to we need to move on. So, um, yeah, best best move for all parties that that we uh, you know that we release her and hopefully my, my first choice would be Tom Pierce from from Wigan for that for that left back slot next season. Might see on that. And uh, Matt, I'm going to go over to you on not on the Stephen Ward situation, but on the the trio that could be heading up the reunion with Tommy Smith and Dean Gherkin at Colchester. Um, what's your take on that? Um, do you think Chambers could have one more season at the club? I think Freddie Sears and Carl Skews are pretty much looking like they're going to be out of the door. Chambers is still 50-50 because he's still on the bench at the moment. Um, would he play You know, his final town game on Sunday or has he played his final town game? You know what? I think he has. Um, I, I think he, what is he, three or four games short of 400. And if, if Paul Cook was interested in any sort of platitudes like that then then he would have been he would have played him instead of McGuinness but I think we must we must have some sort of contractual obligation to Arsenal otherwise we'll be penalised for not playing him I can't see any other reason because he's not set the world on fire that's that said though I do like him but anyway back to the question that you asked it makes good press doesn't it three guys they won't need to move still they feel they've got a bit of gas in the tank when it comes to when it comes to games I, I can see it happening but I can also I can see Skews retiring completely and, and we thank him for his service because he's a cracking bloke. He was absolutely brilliant when he came to the club, exactly the sort of guy that we needed. Sears, I think, has really, really suffered. He's he's a striker. He's not a winger, but for the last four or five years, he has been played um, as a wide man. He just ain't got the attributes to do it. Um, and my man Chambers, I mean, what a shame. I mean, we will, we will not see another player like him at this club. Captain and, and everything else like that, that plays for as long as he has. I mean, he, he is fit. He puts in a hundred percent every week. And it's just such a shame that things are going to really, they're like fizzling out, aren't they? Not in front of any fans. It's such, you got a feel for the guy, um, but I can see it happening. I'd like to see it happen. You know, somebody that used to work in Colchester. I mean, God, what is what fifteen minutes down the road? It's, it's, it's something that you'd like to see, definitely. But whether or not Colchester can afford them, or whether or not these guys still see themselves, you know, 
as part of an Ipswich team at the moment, you'd hope these guys would see themselves as championship players because they're part of a team that wants to get promoted to the championship. Would these guys necessarily want to drop down a level to Cole you? So who knows? We'll see. Good luck to them and and thanks for all their endeavours. Well, they're all going to be a year older because they're now getting into their late 30s. I think Freddie Sears must be 32 now or something like that. But, um, Liam, to wrap up this, um, what's your take on those three heading to Colchester if that does happen? Uh, I think it makes perfect sense. Um, and I think I think at that level, at League Two level, I think they would be a great asset uh, to Colchester. Um, but Matt raises a very important question i.e. finance. Now, I'm sure they they won't absolutely uh, want the moon, the sun, the universe to go and play for Cambridge, uh, for Colchester. But I, the problem is, is um, me and you both have a, a mutual friend who we know as a Colchester United fan. Uh, and um, Mr. Pooley... Uh, is always rabbiting in my ear about the fact that Colchester have no money. And uh, they had to bring in Nuble back from Plymouth on loan because they sold their only striker for cash to kind of help them get some money throughout um, COVID. So it doesn't sound like it's a, a particularly stable situation in terms of money to potentially buy free players from Ipswich who of course they'll probably lower their demands but will that will they be able to even meet those demands I think is the question but again it just depends on what they're prepared to do um, I think it works out both parties I think Cole Scoose is, is a such an underrated player um, I have, I have um, in the last few years thought that he slowed things down too much uh, when he's played, but that's only going to come with age. I think his career, I think he's been a fantastic player in that position, um, and I think he would do a great job at League Two level. Um, Freddie Sears is the youngest of the three, and I think, look, if he's played as a forward, you might see him have a little renaissance of his career at the end and, and get a few goals. Who knows? He might even might even get himself a slightly better move off that because, what, is he 31 at the moment? So, I mean, he's not completely um, completely over the hill. We've just spoken about Waghorn, 31, 32. Still got a few years left in him yet. Maybe Sears might have a few years left in him and he might see this as an opportunity to re-kickstart his career. As for Chambers, well, I think it would make sense and I think... Um, the opportunity to maybe get into coaching may still, for both of them, for both Scoose and Chambers, go and play for Colchester, keep your football career going as you wanted, but uh, get back into, uh, get start your coaching career with Ipswich in whatever off offers they, they may get given. I don't know if Scoose will get given that, but I know he does some coaching at a school in Ipswich. Then maybe they can juggle juggle that around and it would be a win-win for, for everyone. Um, I just I, I just don't think that the money that's being put in now, that Ipswich should be run by sentiment and that, yes, Chambers has had a great career, has lasted long, 
kept himself fit, but I just think now, the age of, of 35, it, it's his time to move on. And if he wants to carry on playing, Colchester, great. Otherwise, it is going into coaching. So I, I think it makes sense for all three. I think it, it gives Colchester um, a really good, well, a good set of three players who could really give, make a difference for them in League Two. A lot of experience brought with them. And on Stephen Ward, it is what, what it was a year. Um, but we were, we were already complaining um, that two 35-year-olds on the full-back areas was always going to kind of run out of steam eventually. And I think the injury at MK Dons was a shame because I think that brought it forward and he never recovered from it properly, he never recaptured that form at the start of the season. Um, but he was never, takeover or non-takeover, I don't think he was ever going to be at Ipswich next season. So, um uh, wish him, wish him well with whatever he decides to do. Um, but he was always just a a, a one year stopgap. Definitely. And um, Harvey, I'm going to go over to you. Uh, you know, you can have your say on on you know the three players as well. But I also want to chuck in that question I sort of men- mentioned to Matt. You know, will Ch- as Chambers played his last game for the club, or will Paul Cook let him play that final game at Porton Road? The the dead rubber at Fleetwood, or no, against Fleetwood at Pullman Road. Uh, I think, well, by the sounds of it, KVY is not going to be available, is he? So I'm not sure who else we've, we've really got at that, that right-back slot, to be honest with you. I know Matheson we've got, but I think he's back at Wolves getting treatment for his injury, isn't he? So um, I think he will play in it. Um, and I do think it'll be his, his final game. And, and rightly so, Chambo's been out. You know, he's, he's, been, a, he's been an outstanding captain. He's not had the success on the pitch, so you know some might say, you know how 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 outstanding has he been when he's he's not been able to to get that success on the pitch, and you know a lot of people have an opinion of, of how much kind of control he has at the club and how much you know he's had an influence on the on the that kind of losing mentality and losing culture. But one thing you can't argue with is is every single time he steps on that pitch, he'll you know he leaves absolutely everything on the pitch to. To try and get a positive result, um, you know he's he's made some errors. Um, you know, just thinking about the one at Sunderland last season, um, but you know he did it. He did a decent job at right back um, originally under Mick, and he's he's never once moaned being out of position. So you know he's 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 been a great servant for the club, and you know, and like we've said, it's it's very very unlikely we're going to see a player like that anytime soon because in in today's modern day kind of football the way it works clubs really you don't see kind of players staying more than two years normally so it's unlikely we're going to see a, a, a situation like that again um, Scoops I, I completely agree and over the years he's been massively underrated I, I think he's been he's been a great servant for the club um, you know the start of, of, of last season and uh under Lambert, where we had that really good winning streak, I thought he was outstanding. I really did. He he looked like he had a new lease of life. Um, but again, age has caught up with him. Um, with with Scoops, I can see him going into not necessarily a coaching role, going into like a a role in the community or like um, an ambassador role, possibly in the club. But wouldn't surprise me to see that. Um, and Freddie Sears, yeah, it's it's, it's a shame, isn't it? He, he came in. 
when really we should have spent, you know, we should have invested more in that January. We, we kind of put all, all our eggs in one basket with Freddie Sears, um, remarkably, and he did a good job, you know, in, in a front two. But then as soon as he was shifted out wide, that's when the kind of, unfortunately, his, his demise started. He, he suffered a really, really nasty injury. And, and from there, it's it's been downhill, to be honest with you. You know, when he's when he gets the ball on that left-hand side, it, it's I don't think I can count the number of, of times on, on one hand that he's he's managed to, to beat a full-back. So, um, as, as we discussed, I think if he if he is in a front two in, in League Two, it wouldn't surprise me at all seeing him hit double figures. But um, again, a similar story with with a lot of our squad. It's it's reached the end of a cycle, um, and for me. It's it's the right decision for for all three of them to move on, but they've all in their own right been been great servants to the club, and obviously we wish them all the best. But um, it's a new you know a new dawn. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame that they've been at the club during the well the worst time in the club's history. You know they they were part of that successful twenty fourteen fifteen season. You know when we got in the playoffs, but since then it's gone downhill. And Liam's got his hand up, which I'm dreading to know what he wants to talk about. So I wanted to go into Fleetwood, but I shall allow it because I was uh, mean to you at the beginning. <laughs> oh, it's only quick, but I mean I've been very scathing of Chambers because um, I just think. As a as a footballer, he's not he isn't the best footballer. Um and I think the last few years have shown that especially now that age is caught up, it's kind of made him look even worse. <laughs> um but then I'm late to the party. I I, I wasn't um wasn't a, an Ipswich fan when he first signed uh, and throughout that first part of his career, so I can't comment too much about his overall career. Um, and I just think that um, a lot of the reason why I think he's stayed at the club for as long as he has is we talk about this kind of safety, kind of this very safe, kind of very, not, not, it's basically that there's no kind of um, energy to move forward. Uh, Ipswich have been stagnating for years. And I think that, continuing to keep playing. I think if, if they had had some kind of ambition in the club, I think Luke Chambers may have been moved on a number of years ago. Um, that's just my opinion. But what you can't say, uh, what you can't have a go at him for is that even at 35, he's still able to play 46 games a season. Um, and you look at the likes of players that we've had this season, Norwood, um, keeps getting injured all the everyone seems to pick up these niggles but say what you like about Luke Chambers but he has always stayed fit kept himself fit and has been um a, just a, a consummate pro professional um and I think it is a shame that he won't get any kind of send off from supporters um but I, I think overall I think it makes sense for him moving on um and and just renewing whatever he decides to do after after he ends his career. Yeah, Matt. Just quickly about about Chambo. It is the I think the ball is well and truly in his court because I'm sure that Paul Cook would have said to him, "I'm not going to do the Paul Cook voice or either one of them actually," <laughs> but he would have said to Luke, "This is what I see your role as next season." 
and and if it ain't first choice centre back, then I don't think Chambo's gonna gonna stick around to be honest. Because what has he played like seven hundred and fifty professional games? Like Liam said, and that Harvey said, he's he's a fit guy. You know, you never hear any silly stories about him. He looks after himself. He turns out every day, and he's a centre def- central defender. He still thunders into challenges and can take the knocks as well as dishing them out. And he's gonna, you know, if I was him, I'd be one of just keep on playing as long as I can. You get to that magical thousand professional games because he's not that far away. I don't. I don't think he's going to achieve it, especially not at Ipswich Town. But I, I, I do think if he's going to go somewhere, he's going to go somewhere where he can play every week. And you know how many the, the, the poor guy gets absolutely castigated. Somebody's got to be. Somebody's got to be a, a captain. But he's really he's he's done a decent job. He's not really put that much of a foot wrong this season. He's been asked to play fullback. He's not a fullback. I know he's done it for a long time, but I still think he's. Um, I still think he's got something to offer. You know, I'd, personally, I'd like to see him stay because I think he's a really good influence on the younger players. I can see him being under 18s manager potentially in the future. But who knows? Be be, be interesting. Be interesting to see what happens with all of these guys that are coming and going. Definitely. Yeah, it will be very interesting. You know, I'm sure we've got an exciting few weeks ahead to see which players are going to be going. And um, I'm sure the summer we'll be looking on our phones, on our Twitters, on the, you know, scrolling down, thinking who's next been linked and all that sort of stuff. And going into, you know, the game, the last game of the season, it's finally over. The League One campaign is done and dusted. Um, of course, last year, the season did finish because of COVID and all that. Um, one thing... I always like is, of course, the lap of honour. I think that's always nice. Of course, this season, I don't think the players would have got a very good lap of honour by the fans. But, you know, successful teams or just general teams, I think it's just a nice little thing in it. So, you know, just the players going around and, you know, doing the clap and stuff like that. Um, I think that's one thing that I'm sure a lot of teams who have done been successful this year are going to miss out on, um, you know, to celebrate in front of their fans in the ground. Um, hopefully next season will be a different story fans be in the ground and we can enjoy and make new memories, hopefully for us next season as town supporters. Um, Fleetwood Town head to Portland Road. We lost against them 2-0 in March. Um, it's funny that we only played them for the first time a season in March. Um, of course, 2-0 wasn't a good result for us there. Um, Harvey, what do you reckon? Do you think we'll end this terrible, terrible season with a win? Um, I've been thinking long and hard about this because, as you know, we've we've got a leaderboard which is extremely close at the moment. So um, it's it's a tough one to to call because neither team has anything to play for. If you know, if one of us was pushing for playoffs, or you know, if if another was was fighting for relegation, then you know, there's there's a bit more on the line. But um, you know, we've got so many players out of contract, so many players know their their futures already. I I'd, I'd probably think even if we don't. Um, I just can't see us winning. I really, really can't. I've been kind of umming and ahhing in, in terms of a, a prediction and really hoping that we we finish the campaign with a with a positive. But I just don't see it at all. Um, I think Simon Grayson's done a really good job at Fleetwood since he's come in. Um, he's got them really well drilled. They've got some good players, people like Callum Camps and and a few others, which are which are really solid players at League One level. So. Um, it's going to be a dead rubber and um, my prediction that I've been toying with for quite a while, I'm going to go with a 1-0 win to Fleetwood, unfortunately. 
Oh, lovely. Thanks. Thanks for that, Harvey. Um, Positive. But, yeah. I do apologise. Um, you mentioned the prediction league, so the listeners who are who are listening, um, we have had a, a leaderboard predicting all the games this season, which have been not fun at times. Trying to predict if we're going to lose or draw or whatever. Um, good old John Watson is currently top of the table with thirty six points. Harvey is second with thirty five. Um, oh, he's joint second with Segs. Um, Segs Thomas Seggs is thirty five. Brad with thirty two. Liam with thirty. Unfortunately, how the point system works, Liam has no chance of winning it. Um, Matt's 25 points. Of course, though, he came in late, um, so I he did. tried his best. So not not a bad effort. And then Ben, 21. David, 20. David, who's been part of the, the pod since the beginning, and only 20 points whole season. Not great from him. Bloomer's 19. Darren, 17. But they joined in very late. Um, but yeah. That is the scoring. So it looks like it's going to be between John, Harvey and Seggs. Brad, possibly, but then he'll be joint with John. So, Harvey, it's all to play for, my friend. Let's see if um, if we do lose, you could, yeah. Even if we don't lose, if we lose 2-3-0, then at least you'll, you'll get a point anywhere and you could, yeah, be winning it. Um, but Matt, over to you. Prediction for Fleetwood. Harvey made a really good point. It really... I remember the away game watching that. They were really, really good. Was that one of Paul Cook's first games? I think it was, wasn't it? Because he came in at the end of February, did he? Mm. I think so. Mm. Fleetwood were annoying. Yeah, Fleetwood were annoyingly good because I don't keep my ear that close to the ground when it comes to League One. And I I fully admit I hadn't heard of half their players. They had loads of like 17, 18 year olds on the bench, but they were absolutely brilliant, really dominated us wide. Um, And I think they're just going to turn up and want to do a job on us. You know, so it's a shame that they're not higher up the table because there'd be a little bit more to play for. But have I ever predicted us losing? I don't know. But. I don't know. Nil-nil draw. <laughs> We've got four. That's the scoreline of choice. This Our season. old friend, nil-nil. And um, yeah, I'm actually, I'm looking forward to the last game because I want to see, I want to see if it's the same or similar starting lineup to the last game uh, or whether he's going to completely shuffle it about and, you know, be interested to see the likes of Bishop if he gets a start. Or, or 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 Chambers or or Cornell or or Holy and Goal. Who knows? Who knows? Exciting times ahead. As long as our oh, what's it man, Kenny Kenlock, who's cracking player, cracking absolute absolute ball, underrated chicken runner, brilliant. Uh, okay, okay, move on, uh, Liam. Well, <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> crack it. Um, so. Yeah, 45 games done, one to go. Uh, thankfully, this it's over. The season is finally over. Next week, we'll be bringing you a, well, a roundup, a review of the season, which is going to be great fun. Luckily, we at least we have had some excitement with the takeover and Paul Lambert got sacked. I put that in the swear jar. But uh, what do you reckon then? Can we end this terrible season with a win just to say, yep, we won another game? Well, I mean, now that you've already said it and it's a complete dead rubber for me, um, <laughs> I may as well I may as well just be... Well, I was going to say 1-1 just to say that we'd score, but we wouldn't win because 
I I don't know if we'll I just don't think we'll beat Fleetwood to be honest. But I, I'm I'm going to I'm I'm going to be crazy and I'll say um a two nil win. End the season with a two nil win because Frankly, I just want it to end. <laughs> Frankly, I just say anything just so that it'll end because it, it's been a, a horror season. And and who knows? Maybe next week's podcast or this review, we can scrap it and uh, have more of a discussion about the people who have left. If we get any news on any releases there next week, so um, then we don't have to go over this awful, awful season again. Um, I just hope. Um, and I'm sure uh, Matt and Harvey agree with me, um, and Matt in particular, because he also has a season ticket, that come August, uh, we will be both back in our seats um, actually watching uh, games live again next season, because I, I think, although the football's been terrible, um, I think it's not been helped by the fact that there's been no supporters in. I think it's been really soulless um, without without supporters. Um, and I'm just hoping now that this is our our step to kind of a return to normality, and we can properly start with a a proper proper new beginning. Um, and that this we can just forget about this season. But scrub it from the record books. We don't care. Yeah, didn't 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 happen. Yeah, this league one season didn't happen. The previous league one season happened. Paul Lambert's tenure didn't happen. We didn't get relegated from the championship. No, we did, unfortunately. Um, is null and void still an option? Yeah, yeah. Why not? At this yeah. stage, is null and void still an option? Just <laughs> yeah, just ah. Uh, but yeah, as you said, the review. We'll try our best not to be too depressing about it because um, trying to cover the whole season is as a whole is going to be uh, not that great. Listen, but I'm sure we'll still bring out some great content. So look forward to that. Um, but boys, as the main pod normally say, any other business before we say our goodbyes? No other business. Not for me. No. Well. I have some business to bring you, though. Manscaped, of course, is the sponsor for Kings of Anglia. Um, you can get 20% off and free delivery with the code KOA at manscaped.com. That's 20% off, boys. 20% off, not the 10%, 15%, or just 5%. Good old 20% off at manscaped.com. And use the code KOA. Your balls. Well, thank you. Love that. Love that indeed. Um, also, of course, uh, make sure to follow Kings of Anglia on all the socials. Um, subscribe so you don't miss uh, an episode. And uh, yeah, look forward to the new dawn. Ed Sheeran, um, what's, what's his song? Shape of You? Was that, was that one of his songs? I don't one know. Of many. One of yeah. many. One of many of his songs. But um, exciting time. As I said in previous podcasts, get yourself strapped in. It's going to be one hell of a ride. Harvey, Liam, Matt, Bono, AK View from you two. Thank you very much for joining me as ever. And we'll be back next week for another edition of Game Day Extra Time to bring you the almighty review of the worst season we've ever witnessed. But anyways, I've been Ross. See you next time. Bye-bye for now. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.